It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Having a catastrophic week? Well, hang in there because we are back with your favorite Avatar The Last Airbender rewatch podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Muhammad, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Jacob Redmond. Jacob, how are you doing on this fine morning? I'm doing good, Zach. You know, I look a lot thicker in person than I do in the plans. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, feeling, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling pretty good. All right, that wasn't yeah. the response I was expecting. I'll be honest, but hey, nice, nice joke to start. Uh, off if that podcast. was the response you were expecting, I'm a <laughs> little bit worried actually, because uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, that is uh, thankfully not, I guess, in character for me. But, you know, but we we're not alone, you know. Just like uh, Azula has to have her two sidekicks, uh, you know. I guess I'll be the the Ty Lee, and then. We brought a May along, or I don't know, maybe he wants to be the Ty Lee, but we brought with us Kevin Mahadeo. You know him from Everything is Super. Kevin, how are you doing? Uh, I am doing great. And honestly, being a sidekick to Azula would be a dream come true. So I am <laughs> all for that. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, perfect. Yeah. Who would you want to be? Would you want to be the May or the Ty Lee? Oh, my gosh. I guess personality wise, especially when I was younger, I'd probably be more of the May. I was. I was I was obnoxious. I was very much as a teenager in that like not quite goth, not quite emo, but definitely like I'm an outcast. I'm so like I'm so like, you know, just edgy and and like, you know, I don't want to do all the cool things like so yeah, May was very much of my personality type. That said, uh I I mean I, I've talked about it before, but I'm all about that Azula life. She's phenomenal. I love that character. She's so great. Um, yeah. This episode yeah. surprisingly didn't have too much Azula dialogue, actually, which on a rewatch. Yeah. yeah. I was actually shocked by that as well, but it definitely had the other aspect of Azula, like, which is how badass she is. Because... Oh, fast, fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She starts just like shooting the blue fire out of nowhere. And it's like, all right, this is great. I'm, I'm yes. already here for it. Uh, yeah, I, I'm uh, back home and I watched this with my baby siblings. And so they're really young. They've never seen the show before. And as uh, as they were like shooting fire, I was like, look, it's so cool. It's blue. And they were like, ah, and they're like freaking out. It's like, <laughs> yes, oh, great. this is you the gotta, first time you're watching you gotta, this. And I get to live it with you. Convert, convert them. My, uh, we did the same. My fiance, um, she has a, a three nephews. Um, they're pretty young. And we got one of them, uh, the Avatar box set series for nice. uh, their birthday. And so we sent it and they blitzed through it. And I was just like, yes, yes, convert them. They will be Avatar fans. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The more, the merrier. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Except for when they realize where's more of it. And we're just like, well, there's, I mean, there's Korra, but you can't watch that one yet. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, maybe, maybe they uh, can wait a little bit and the new Nickelodeon shows will be out. Maybe those will be, those will be good. So I we'll hope see. those are good. I, hope I so. mean, 
there's that, and then there's also like the Netflix live action series, which I'm a little worried about now. I'm a, <laughs> yeah. I'm a lot worried about yeah. it now, to be honest. Now that the creators are not a yeah. part of it, once the creators yeah. like we're leaving because the creative differences, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I, yeah. I I knew that one existed. I just I just try to like put that in my mind. I'm <laughs> just the right like, call. No, let's just not think about it. But, <laughs> but yeah, we're anyway. going to be talking about the drill today, and it's coming off the back of some less eventful episodes to say the least serpents pass and then the desert those two were not th- th- as action-packed as the drill in comparison so i'm excited to dig into it yeah yeah and kevin i know like you picked this episode what what makes this episode so appealing to you uh so yeah i think this episode like you said it comes off the back of some i think slower episodes i do think that's purposeful right because yes is since this is a rewatch most of us know what's uh, i'm not gonna say spoilers but let's needless to say after this episode, there's some stuff that happens as it continues into the rest of the season involving the Earth Kingdom. So I think it's I think it's like a big, huge action beat to kick off the the latter half of essentially this season. Um, and I really like it because it's just such an interesting showcase for each of the characters, especially their skills and personality via the action. Um, certainly for the main crew, as I believe. This is the first time they're being called this, but the the uh, the Avatar uh, the Avatar Squad the Avatar team, Ava- team, team Avatar team Avatar yeah I kept messing up Boomerang Squad what was I doing <laughs> <laughs> Team Avatar I was just literally telling my fiance I'm so excited because this is the first time we get Team Avatar and then I just messed up the name embarrassed oh, <laughs> anyway um, so it's like the first Team Avatar reference which is fun uh, yeah. and you get some really cool beats especially with Azula in there who as mentioned. I love that character. So um, <laughs> any episode that has like a heavy Azula presence, I really wanted to do. And this, I felt like it was a good one. It was either going to be this or the chase. And so I, uh, I yeah. think I ended up on the drill because I was like, this is a, co- this is a cool one to do. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I, I feel like, so the library is like kind of like a mid season break. Mm-hmm. And then like after that, you get like two episodes where it's kind of like, you know, advancing the plot, biding your time. And then like, this is the one that's like, okay, now the pieces are in place. Like we know where we're going for the rest of the season and it, it gets pretty exciting from here. Um, so yeah, maybe we can uh, jump right into it. Uh, we, we start like right after like a few seconds after uh, the last episode with like a bunch of these tanks uh, that are super intimidating, just like making their way to the outer wall of bossing say, and then we see this gigantic drill. I tried to look up the world record for the biggest drill and I couldn't really find it, <laughs> but I have to imagine this wins. Like I have to imagine. I would love to know how you would calculate the scale. Like, would you assume, okay, Aang is this high. So therefore, like, it just feels like a TikTok uh, moment. Because there's people on TikTok who take some all detail and measure out the actual length of something. So I'm imagining you now, like, okay, if Aang is approximately five foot two, then that means if you take the drill and then multiply it by this, you get the drill. Like, I just love that image. How big did you guys think the drill was? It it looked like 20 feet tall or something. It oh, it's got to be, be way taller. Way, yeah. Because like uh, when when Aang and Azula are falling down later in the episode, it's like fifty Aangs. So mm-hmm. true, fifty Aangs like, high. It's fifty yeah, Aangs high. It's fifty Aangs high. So <laughs> two hundred and fifty feet. If my math yeah. checks out. Yeah. Uh, so so tall. Uh, I could not find the record, but I'm gonna say this one wins. Uh, we see like not only does it like it's a drill, but it's kind of like an inchworm. Like instead of just moving forward, it like inches, it locks into place, and it like extends. Like, I don't know. The mechanism kind of fell apart here. I feel like it could have just been on wheels. Like, why is it inchworming its way across the desert? Well, I think 
I, you know, one interesting thing about this series is that they really take time to like develop how does machines work in this world, right? Because this is a world that generally doesn't have a lot of it because so much is done with bending. I mean, even this episode, we see the trains work, uh, you know, through earth bending. Um, so part of me likes the idea that like they are trying to figure out functionally how they could take something this big and make it move such a distance because they probably couldn't build like those long stretches of like threads, like how you have on tanks. Right. So like, yeah, yeah. I like that, that interesting idea of like, it moves almost like a worm because it's like, that's the only way that they were able to build it to function it because they're not used to building things like this at all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is true. Just imagining like the treads that would have to be on the yeah. drill is like, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's a lot. Uh, but I did like that. It's like an inchworm here. Um, yeah, I, I also love like we go to the top of the drill and we see like it's Azula at the helm, just like chilling there and just like <laughs> laying back, what taking in the sights. It's a, it's a great intro. And then later on, we get Ty Lee on navigation duty, and I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> I'm like, what the heck's going on here? Why is Ty Lee the one <laughs> looking at dust clouds from the top of the helm? yeah, especially the easily distracted one who do we want <laughs> keeping an eye on stuff uh tylee she's easily distracted wait what no uh, opposite opposite we don't want that yeah, exactly at least she's enthusiastic like i feel like if i want someone like on navigation i want someone who's like excited like wanting to be there like that that's what i'm looking for so you know tylee can navigate for me any day uh okay. but then we we meet this like war uh minister like this guy i feel so bad for him like you know that azula at some point is going to like have him deposed at, like i don't know if it's this or there's another breaking point but he's not long for this world no azula's going to have him like agni cod and like <laughs> dead <laughs> probably after this but yeah war minister ching i think his name is he calls yeah. the drill a feat of scientific ingenuity and raw destructive powers that's a pretty apt description for the drill. Yeah, and I guess the mentality of the Fire Nation. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, and we, we see then, like, Ty Lee's pointing out all the earthbenders that are, like, standing near the outer wall. Uh, and, like, they look like specks. Uh, and so, like, when the War Minister's like, oh, yeah, like, we're fine. Like, they're not going to be able to hit our metal shell. I was like, yeah, like, <laughs> these people are, like, nothing. They're not yeah. taking it down. You're fine. Especially uh, even, I mean, like, oh, that's another thing that's that's always interesting, which we'll get into once the action really breaks down, is that, like, there's so many people that are benders in this world and are really good at it, but it takes a certain type to even stand up against a lot of these, like, the Earth Kingdom and, like, these Earthbenders, I'm sure they're great. They ain't no tough. They, they're not going to be able to do what Toph does because Toph is over there in, like, you know, mentioned the library is one of my favorite moments where it's just like, oh, what's Toph up to? Oh, you know, just holding up an entire building on her own. And it's just like, yeah, like, you know. Yeah. Single handedly holding up like the library of Alexandria equivalent, yes. like this massive building. She's just like one handed. She's like, I got it. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, one of the most impressive feats of earthbending in the whole series, I thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, and then beast. here. Here we see like a bunch of sad earthbenders because Azula's <laughs> gonna say, like, all right, May and Ty Lee, like, uh, just go ahead and take them out. And like, this is just insult to injury because like they weren't gonna be able to do anything anyway. But to send May and Ty Lee after him, just like, all right, let's just like, uh, put them out of their misery. And May, I love this for May. She's just like, uh, finally, because she's just so <laughs> bored. She's like, anything. Like, I would love to fight some like, you know, uh, elite earthbenders. 
Yeah, she's such. This is why I mean, season two for me is is so great. Um, season one is is really, really, really good, right? And it gets better as it goes. But season two, I think, is really where the show hits its stride because one, it introduces Toph and a lot of the other characters, but also, yeah, introduces Azula, Tylee, and May, who are just such fantastic characters and represent representations of the Earth of Fire Nation, which mm-hmm. we haven't seen as much of in this way, especially with obviously Azula's connections to Zuko. So it's just really fun to like see these personality types and see them interact and see them deal with stuff. Like, yeah, I love that May is just like constantly bored and it's just like, just give me something to do. I just need some yeah. excitement in my life. Yeah, it's I'm rich fun. and bored. What do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> well, and that feels exactly like uh, like how Toph is. Like Toph, also rich and bored, is just mm-hmm. like <laughs> like please just give me something to do. Like, fine, I'll go help the Avatar. Like as long as I get out of this place, so I can bend. It's actually, I've not noticed the parallel between the two rich and bored characters that we yeah. have. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, so then, like, next thing we see is uh, the team avatar, uh, as they're about to be called, is, like, walking up to Ba Sing Se, and Aang comes on down, and he's like, oh, yeah, like, I was gonna get, uh, I was gonna get Appa, but something was large, and I had to wait. And, like, Sokka's like, what's larger than, like, uh, finding Appa? And it's like, well, uh, it's, like, it's right in front of you. So they go up, like, they earthbend up the outer wall. And Sokka's like, yeah, okay, uh, this makes sense. Uh, I'm honestly is- shocked they couldn't hear that. Like, that was my one thing. It's like, I understand, like, obviously scale, right? Like, they're going through a pass. Like, there's, like, yeah. high stuff on the other side. You would think they would hear that, like, <laughs> like drill just <laughs> not too far away from them. They would have been like, what the hell is that? Yeah, especially like in an echoey canon, it's just yeah. like total silence, and then it's just like, <laughs> like as it's going through. That's a good point. I had not thought of it. I like your sound episode. effects. <laughs> <laughs> We've all done our drill, and none of yeah. them are good, but they're no, all, all bad. <laughs> yeah, sorry to interrupt. Continue, Jacob. Well, I, I, just, I thought last episode I was annoyed at Aang that he's like, I'm going to go find Appa when like they were literally saying like, oh, there's something the Fire Nation's guarding to the West. Like if he didn't go, it'd just be irresponsible. But now I didn't even think the fact that he could have just heard it. Like he should have just like been like, what, what was that? What's that? Oh, a loud drill. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, uh, if Gus ever went missing, if my dog ever went missing like that, I'd be like, I got no time for anything. I got to go find Gus. <laughs> I don't care about there's a world to save. My dog is missing. That, that is good to know. And Gus Everyone... can't even fly me around. <laughs> yeah, way less utility. Yeah. Uh, stay away from Kevin's dog. That's uh, intimidating. I will John Wick like... you. <laughs> yeah, John, I was going to say you'll go full John Wick. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yeah, so then they get up there and they see. And then we get this like uh, Earthbender soldier this general that they introduce him to is quite the character. He's got like, he's got all kinds of personality, way too much personality to be at this outpost. We meet General Sung. What are your thoughts on General Sung? He's an ignoramus, is what he is. <laughs> <laughs> to use a politically correct term, he's just not a smart guy. Like, I don't know what to say. Yeah, yeah. he's he is not great. Like, he's got that, like, obviously, that, like, overconfidence of just, like, uh, and and even his overconfidence gets just gets shut down so quick because he's just like, oh, you know, this th- these walls are <laughs> impenetrable, and like no one has crossed them. And Top is just like, uh, the Dragon of the West definitely has. And he's like, well, this is temporary. And like it, uh, his one his one good thing, and I shouldn't even say this is a good thing, is his. It's not called Nothing Say, and then he explains. <laughs> 
that's penetrable city. And I'm like, thank you for that. That joke, your joke. <laughs> that joke killed me. Cause he like, I, I've seen this before and I should remember like the dumb jokes, but for some reason the dumb jokes don't stick. And these are the ones I appreciate the most. Like just like uh, in last season when they're like, Oh, aunt who? No, aunt woo. And it's like, <laughs> it's so that stupid, joke. but you're just like, no, that'll do. I got it. It's great. This, this is the other one that had me laughing so hard. And my baby siblings are like too young to understand that that was funny. And so I started laughing and they just looked at me. They're like, what? <laughs> like straight face. Cause I was like, get it. It's like nothing. Say means penetrable. And they're just like, what are you talking about? Like they just, yeah, no idea. Anyway, they miss a great joke. Yes. They're appreciate it when they're older. <laughs> yeah. Zach, are you sad that now I'm going to uh, bring this joke up for the next like three weeks? Uh, no, I'm pretty used to it. The and who and who thing lasted for like five podcasts. So <laughs> it's a hilarious joke. I mean, it's, a, it, it's a solid joke. I mean, I'm not, I'm not hated. I'm not hated. And then we yeah. get General Song talks. He says he's going to send the Terra team after uh, or towards the drill. And then we, this is where the seeds of Team Avatar are sowed because Sokka's like, oh, Terra team, very catchy. Yeah, I, I get that. Like, it's a clever name, I guess, because it's like Terra, like Earth, like, okay, sure. It, in like alliteration, it's fine. But like, I feel like you could come up with something better. I don't know. I, I wasn't a huge fan of Terra Team. I'll put it Yeah. That. I mean, at the same point, this guy is clearly not great with wordplay. So I, I think like <laughs> Terra Team was probably the best you're going to get for the, get from him. But like, yeah, comparatively, you can see the difference in naming mechanisms where Sokka's joke at the end, even beyond Team Avatar, which we'll get to, I think is way better um, yeah. and funnier than like Terra Team. But it, I think it's just like that seed of an idea for Sokka, who's way better and way smarter than this guy. And that's an interesting showcase of that, where Sokka's like, oh, Terra Team, that's not bad. And then just like, I'm going to think of better ones for us, you know? Yeah. I, I think my favorite part about General Sung is like the things that he had on his arms, like the the dragon shoulder plates. Those look pretty cool. I if I could wear those, if I could pull them off, I would. I don't think I could, but <laughs> I feel like it, it's like it's really weird. But like, yeah, those those heavy cloaks. We've we've sort of seen the same. I'm trying to think timing wise, but yeah, that was season one with Boomy, right? Because like Boomy mm-hmm. had the cloak and like hunched over, and then once the cloak comes off, he's like Dragon Ball Z style, just standing up huge and jacked. Um, <laughs> but like this guy is not that. And for a moment, I'm like, is that this? And it's just like, oh no, he just wears this heavy cloak, and I guess it's just worn him down, and he's just constantly like hunched over now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think it'd, it'd be pretty impressive if, like, at the end of the episode, he just was like, all right, time to throw off the cloak, and he just became, like, a King Boomy-esque person, but that would not match. Like, Boomy's just, yeah, Boomy's just better. He's just oh, yeah. a little different. Like, legendary character in this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, then we see, like, one of the worst attacks uh, in terms of, like, effectiveness. The Terra team launches an attack. I think their idea is actually pretty good. They launch a bunch of wedges into the side, so they have, like, a bunch of uh, on either side, they have like a bunch of spikes going into the metal uh, drill, but the drill is just like not about it. Uh, it like expands, and as soon as it does, it just like cracks the earth. It kind of makes like snow out of the earth and like <laughs> turns it to small little dust. And yeah, the terror team just is screwed. Even more screwed by the fact that May and Ty Lee are on their way. Uh, they make really quick work of this. I love it. Just like it's it's one of those cool things that. You know, the characters, like I mentioned, they're relatively new for this season. But every time we see them, it really is a great showcase of the threat level of Azula, Tylee, and May. Because it's just like, they talk about, like, yeah, these are elite Earth Kingdom uh, fighters. 
And they just like wreck them. It's not even a contest. <laughs> like the eliteness of these characters, it's crazy. And yeah. I love it. At one point, Ty Lee is surrounded by like all the bodies of the <laughs> of the <laughs> Earthbenders that she took out. And it's like, wow, there's like uh, just 20 bodies strewn about. And it's like Ty Lee yeah. and May took out all of them pretty much. It's a very impressive body count. She just has like a circle of people around yeah, her just, like, yeah, yeah. falling around. And and like even like uh, the May, like as she's going down the side of the drill, just like throwing like chic like shurikens is just like so cool. Like it's so it's amazing. I love yeah. it. They're awesome. And I really like also like the the almost variety of the personality, obviously, between the three of them. But mm-hmm. it's also they do a the show does a good job of also subverting a lot of like certain expectations, right? Like I think May's character being, you know, that like kind of like bored, like really just wants excitement in life, but like presented in this way is is different from stuff we've seen before in this realm. And even Ty Lee. Like usually when you have a character who's like Ty Lee, who's out there and can just beat up a bunch of like people and knock them out, they're closer to personality to like Azula, right? They're more like yeah. that, like, oh, I'm the like, like, uh, like River from, um, Firefly, which I love River from Firefly. Let me just clarify that right away. <laughs> but it's more like the silent and like, you know, just like badass and like, you know, strong, uh, strong person, I'm doing air quotes, uh, personality type. Versus this, which I think is really interesting. You have someone who could just wreck shop across these Earth uh, Kingdom people, and she's just this bubbly, fun, you know, easily distracted person. I think it's just such a cool contrast of character, um, and just showcases how clever the show is to like do interesting stuff and not just do the typical character work. Yeah, yeah, it is cool. Like she, you know, takes out everyone, and then she just wants to go and like. I don't know, like trapeze or whatever. Like she's yeah. just it's like, yeah, like it's not your typical like quiet brooding assassin. Like, yes. uh, yeah, yeah. I feel like the the personality like of Longshot might be in like the typical character here, where it's just like I'm gonna take everyone out and then I'm just gonna like not speak again, or like right. Azula, like I'm just gonna be very aggressive. But the like, oh, I'm just a very happy person that happens to be able to kick everyone's ass yeah and even may has personality quirks right she does not want to get dirty like there's a lot of stuff with like (laughs) may that has personality quirks that isn't just surface level there's all these little things that define these characters and and another reason why i like this this episode especially is because i think this interesting showcase of the characters um across all sides yeah yeah that's uh for sure true well uh after they like wipe out the terror team General Sung like realizes that they have no hope. Uh, like the terror team is not what he thought they were. <laughs> so quick and ready to surrender. Those guys are worse. <laughs> yeah, he tucks his uh, the tail between his legs. Is that the expression? Tucks his yeah. That sounds right. Ta- yeah, tail between his legs. And you know what's funny? I okay. have my I have that in my notes as well. It puts his tail between <laughs> his legs and goes up to Ang because then they they offered to help earlier and he said they didn't need any help, but he was yeah. absolutely wrong. <laughs> Zach, the reason why I know that expression is you've said it a few times. It's like I know it in the like general like I know it sense, but I've never used it. But because like uh, I podcast with you and you've said it before, I like that's why I had that one in my notes. So that's, like, I use a lot of generic people. like I don't know like old white people phrases. I call them. Whereas <laughs> 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 like yes! you don't you don't hear them in the general like nomenclature, but. Just, my fiance yeah. uses so many old white people phrases. She's huge on using them. <laughs> okay, I'm good. constantly just like, what are you doing? Like, this is like 1920s at best here. What, what's happening? <laughs> Glad I'm not yeah, the only one. She, she, like, she calls people rabble rousers. And I'm like, rabble? What, what, the, what, is, what, are you, what are you doing right now? Yeah, she's ridiculous. Wow, that one really <laughs> is old. Do any of them rub off on you? Have you found yourself saying them yet? 
No, I mean, sometimes to like make fun of her. Uh, the one okay. that she's trying, and it's not even like um, old, but it's just like she has taken a stance that she's trying to bring back the word pop because she's from the Midwest. Um, and so she's like, I'm going to call it pop. I was bullied out of calling it pop and to call it soda since I left Indiana and now like from New York and everywhere else. So I'm bringing it back. I'm calling it pop. And I'm like, no, we're not doing this. And she uh-huh. keeps trying to do it. And at one point, she was just like, I'm going to make some pop in the soda stream. I mean, pop stream. I'm like, that's a branded product. You can't replace <laughs> pop in that one. Yeah. Uh, that is very funny. I, I would actually like to uh, officially join that cause, though. Uh, I would also <laughs> like to start, start calling it pop. For a long time in my head, that's what it was called. And then people were like, you mean Coke? And I'm like, fine, I guess that's what I mean. So... <laughs> I, I'd like to also call it pop. I'll oh, join. no. The other people listening to this podcast now, I've, I've actually accidentally caused a, 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 a actual organization to be formed here now. Oh, no. <laughs> exactly. Zach, where do you where do you fall? What do you call it? I call it soda, but I mean, I, I've heard it called pop before. Every time I hear pop, I just think of magnitude from community. You know, the pop. pop, pop. pop. <laughs> that's what I always think of. So every, every time I hear pop, that's where my mind goes myself. And isn't that more fun than when you think soda? When you think soda, <laughs> true, like true. Boring. There's no like soda phrase or anything like that. No, there's no magnitude. So exactly, I think, like I just think also like dirty pop, like uh, what is it, NSYNC <laughs> in, the, <laughs> in the in the like early two thousands. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And anyway, back back to the avatar of it all. Uh, so now, like General Song is like, yeah, I definitely need help. He, uh, you know, tucks his tail between his legs as we covered, and Aang's like, all right, yeah, I got you. Let, let's help out. So how are we going to stop it? All of them are just like, cool, uh, Sokka, what is the plan? Uh, they just all look at him, and Sokka's like, why are you looking at me? And then uh, Sokka's the idea guy. I, yes. I feel like every group has to have one. Every group does. And I, again, another thing I love because like he is, he really is like when you look at the series, Sokka has been the idea guy. He's come up with plans. He's, he's really clever and he doesn't have like, you know, the, the, the earth bending abilities. He's clearly a, a decently capable fighter, but it really is. He's a strategic mind and also a ladies man as we'll get to, but like <laughs> he, he has, that's the, that's the thing. And I love that they point it out here and they bring it out because I, I feel like I, I try to always think back to like when I first watched it, which was so long ago now and like several rewatches ago. But like in my head, I, I feel like I remember seeing this part. And when he says that, it's just like almost like a click where it's just like, oh, my God, they're right. He totally is, though. Like he's done this. And I remember there's one point and I don't remember if it was before this or after. But like, there's a point where Sokka's looking at something and he's just like, a pause. He's just like, I have an idea. And my friend next to me is like, of course you do. Of course you do. That's your deal, dude. And like, he, we're just really excited about it because it's like, that is Sokka's thing. Like, I, I love that it starts here, basically, that complete recognition of like Sokka's abilities. Yeah. Yeah. And like, he's constantly coming up with the ideas where it's like, oh, yeah, that is clever. Like, that is a really good way to do this. Uh, like, I think back to the Avatar Roku episode where he like creates a fake explosion so that it looks like they've already opened up the fire uh, or the fire temple so that Aang can then sneak in yes. there. And like, as, like, I never would have thought of that. But as soon as you hear it, you're like, oh, yeah, that's low key genius. Like, yep. you are so smart. So. Yeah, he's he's not just the idea guy. He's also the complaining guy, which I feel like uh, <laughs> a good group also has to have. 
Yeah, that's exactly. that's me. I'm I'm the complaining <laughs> guy. You were gonna okay, ask, good to right? know. yeah. <laughs> I was look. I was not gonna presume. I was just gonna ask what type of role do you fill in your friend group? Yeah, if I'm more complaining, the complaining, guy, complaining guy than I am the idea guy for sure. What about you, Kevin? Are you more the idea guy? Or you more the complaining guy? I feel like in my friend group, I'm definitely the complaining guy. In my job, I'm literally the idea guy because I am a strategist. So nice. it's really <laughs> funny to see that contrast come to play here. <laughs> nice juxtaposition. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're just Sokka. You're just the. the the two coins, depending on the context. Is, I've got uh, two out of the three, right? I got the complaining. I got the strategy. Not not much of a ladies guy. I got my one. And I'm very happy about that. But prior to that, <laughs> I was not doing great. So, <laughs> Well, okay. Sokka pulls way more than he should be able to. Like, it is actually incredible that people are interested in Sokka when the avatar is, like, literally five feet from him. But... That, that's fine. Sokka that in the universe must be like the most handsome man to ever exist. He must be like the Fabio of the Avatar: The Last Airbender universe. Uh, <laughs> Fabio is your definition. No, of or like not, or, 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 or like the generic, the generic like uh, handsome person. I don't know. Like oh, Fabio is not somebody I think is handsome, but that's what like general pop like culture people presume is a handsome man. So it is that's where that my mind went. Yeah, he's sort of become that because he's not. Um, I think like now you got like your Hemsworth. I think Chris Hemsworth is like the, yes, the new like and, and viable like that one. I'm like, yes, that makes sense. Yes. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it's the personality. I think there's a lot with Sokka that, that he has going for him. Like, I get it. I understand. So like, I, I, I it, it tracks that like so many um the people in, in the world of Avatar are like all about Sokka. <laughs> Okay. That, yeah, that's uh, good. I, you know, I don't see the appeal, but uh, <laughs> maybe ridiculous. It's just, maybe it's because I complain too much to where, like, if if we were together, it'd just be like it, we'd just be off in the corner, and we'd just be like, "Nah, these people, they're annoying." And then it's yeah, we just stop interacting with others. It's not great. Um. Anyway, we go back to the uh, to the ticket woman. Actually, now we're going to see Zuko and Iroh. And this is where we see a bit of a ladies' man himself. Uh, you know, the ticket woman's given given them a little bit of a trouble there. They're like, uh, you know, getting annoyed. Uh, Iroh corrects his name, saying it's Mushi and not Mushy. And the woman's like, "Are you saying how to do my job?" Like getting all mad. And, and that was so weird to me because yeah, because it's like <laughs> it's not, that's not part of your job. It's just <laughs> correcting the pronunciation of the name. <laughs> what does that have to do with your job? That's that's fair. Yeah, like he didn't say like, oh, now you stamp my passport. Like that would be telling you how to do your job. He's yeah, like, exactly. this is how to pronounce my name, and she's like, I don't care. Um, yeah, but he he's smooth here. I I gotta write this down. Uh, he says that she's like flowers in bloom. Her beauty's intoxicating. Oof, I'm getting a little heated over here myself. <laughs> I mean, listen, if we're talking about like the, the dudes of Avatar, like Sokka's great, but once you throw Uncle Iroh and Zuko in the mix, it's like there's no more contest anymore, guys. Like, <laughs> we're, we're, we're wrapping up everyone else. Like, Iroh is so great. I mean, everyone loves this dude, and he is just so nice and the smooth talker, and you know, like the goofy uncle, obviously, but also like so much heart. Like, yeah, I, yeah. Iroh, Iroh can get it easily, I think. <laughs> and obviously, I mean, who doesn't like Zuko? That's just, that's, that's a bear for most people. Especially like shaggy hair Zuko uh, in like season three, like that. Because yes. like ponytail Zuko is like, eh, fine. Like short hair Zuko, like, okay, like you don't have the best do. But shaggy hair, oof. Yeah. It's different. That's, yeah, my fiance was very much just like, oh, huh, okay. Like it's, it is a different, <laughs> it's a different Zuko that shows up and he's phenomenal. Like. You know, 
I'll save it for ideally coming back on the podcast again, but Zuko is my favorite character, and his character journey is amazing, and you could track that with his hair. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Zach, uh, what's your favorite hairdo of Zuko's? Uh, well, my least favorite by far is like bald ponytail Zuko. I think shaggy hair is the best, but I, I don't mind short hair season two Zuko okay. as well. I think it's a fine haircut. Lee. <laughs> or Lee. Yeah, yeah Lee. sure. Lee's haircut. Uh, speaking of Zuko, he really didn't enjoy the <laughs> flirting. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to forget I saw that. He was just disgusted by it. And he's got a true because this woman, she's got like a mole with hairs on it above her eyebrow. She's like, not the most handsome lady to say the least so no her beauty is intoxicated <laughs> <laughs> oh my bad about that yeah her beauty is definitely intoxicated. you also what it's like I, I mean like from the outside perspective you're just like ooh, i wrote but like it'd be like if i saw my dad flirting with someone i'd be like no stop it stop yeah. you know like, yeah exactly my, my parents are divorced and whenever my mom like talks about flirting or something i'm just like ah uh-uh, nope nope don't need to hear any of this and so <laughs> So my mom was like talking about how she wants to go on a date again. And I was just like, I was like, I would love that for you. And do not ever tell me like, yes. uh, I just, I don't, I, I would love you to be happy. And I would not want to know. Exactly. It's just like, I'm happy for you. I, I'm, I'm so, uh, you know, uh, I love that journey for you to quote Alexis from Schitt's Creek. Uh, but I don't need to hear details or anything beyond certain stuff besides like, I like this person. Great for you. Good. Great. Yep. Awesome. Like, happy. Great. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Good enough. <laughs> um, yeah. Then, then we see Jet and like Jet in this episode is just like kind of a pest. He's like around enough to be like annoying. But anyway, he at first here, he's like, oh, I think Lee's going to be a good freedom fighter. Like we we got to try to get him. Uh, and like, he knows obviously that he was hurt by a firebender from the scar on his face. And so, uh, yeah, he, he's trying to convince the rest of them that they could use Lee. And then, uh, like we get one of these moments, we got them last week. This is just annoys me. I want to know your thoughts, Kevin, when like, there's a character that's silent and they like give a look and then they're like, Jet here is like, oh, I can respect that. And it's like, I don't know. I don't like the whole like trope. It's like, oh, you're silent, but you say so much. Yeah, that that's one where I do think it it just it exists in the air and it exists everywhere. There's there's things where it works because the 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 I think the functional version of this is to speaks different languages but still understand each other. Thing like sure. the Chewie and Han is a classic, right? I'm okay with that. Where it's just like they understand each other, it's totally cool and like just with looks or like simple words it's just like you see the response. I think that that's fine. But like, where's just a silent character and gives a look, and it's like almost like a full sentence. I'm just like, mm, I don't know. You could have you could have made him have sign language or something too. I don't know, just something that it could work. But he does talk. He's not mute. He will talk. You know, at certain points. Yeah, it, it's just like there's so much said, and like I guess it's like sure in Star Wars, I I can only speak like galactic normal or like whatever. Like uh, the the theory is there, but like so, I, so fine, I can't speak Wookie. But here it's just like. It's just a silent look, like a blink of an eye. And it's like, ah, yeah, you communicated a lot. And it's just like, I, I don't know. It, it doesn't do it for me. I do like, I mean, this is where we'll, we we see a lot of it too, right? Because I'm trying to remember if this is specifically to we're seeing Jet again, you know, during the season after, um, like we saw him previously, I think, in the season. But uh, yeah. since what happened in season one, right, with Katara and everything, um, and 
you know, Katara's big issue is just like, you're too much, dude. Like, and <laughs> I think we're, st- we start to see that a lot more from the rest of the crew. The rest of the crew kind of being like, I think Jed is just getting way too lost in this, um, which would, which will lead to issues later. But, yeah. um, I think we're starting to see that here, which that's something I do like. But, uh, yeah, like he's so eager to be like, this guy must hate Fire Nation. Let's recruit him. And it's just like, bro, you know nothing about them. Like, yeah, that's what you know? Smellerby says. She, Smellerby, even Smellerby's yeah. like, you don't know anything about Lee. So why are you trying to recruit him to our gang? And plus, they're supposed to be going on the straight and narrow, but apparently not. Yeah. I could jet ever. Like, once you've <laughs> gone that far, like, once you're willing to drown a city full of people, like innocent people and like Fire Nation, it's like you're probably not going to go on the straight and narrow. Like you're, yeah. Well, it's Fact. it's an interesting, um, you know, uh, a thing they're doing here without giving too many spoilers away for the end of the season and stuff. But like, I think there's a purposeful juxtaposition between Jet and Zuko, especially yes. because yeah. of Zuko's journey, right? Like the idea of just like where can your obsession lead you and what can it cost? I think is very much something that Zuko is going to be facing, <laughs> you know, that's the character journey, basically. Um, so, like, it's interesting to see that here, right? It's interesting to see that uh, through Jet and, like, where that can lead. Yeah, it, it's actually fantastic because usually Zuko and Aang are juxtaposed. So, like, Zuko's the darker side. But here we see, like, no, there's a darker side than Zuko. Like, Zuko is not the worst you get. Like, you get to, like, I want to drown innocent people. Like, it, it's not, like, it's not just, like, I'm stuck on one thing. Like it can actually turn to hatred. And I think that it's really good that we have jet on Zuko's other side to show like that obsession even further. Yeah. Have you guys talked about the Lee joke? That is a, not a, this isn't a huge spoiler, but have you, do you know about the Lee thing? I, I don't. You can spoil, you can spoil. This is a spoiler. Yeah, yeah. We, we, yeah, spoil we, we, we can, okay. we can uh, spoil yeah. away, but I'm very interested yeah. to know the Lee joke. So this is, this is actually like, it, it's weird. Cause it's, it's a, it's a, it's a throw. It's an eventual throwback. So Zuko being called Lee, right? That's the name he picks to when they go undercover. Flash forward to season three. There's a point where Sokka wants to train and he goes to meet a swords master and mm-hmm. he has to give a fake name and he does. And the sword master was just like, I knew you were in Fire Nation when you said your name was such and such. And he's like, next time, uh, you know, give yourself a name like so or Lee. There's a million Lees. And I love it because it is a perfect joke that when... Zuko had to pick a fake name to 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 or you know or whatever it was like he was just yeah. like oh yes Lee that's my name and it's just like oh that's perfection because it was like he chose the right name because he knew like that no questions will be asked that's hilarious I've never uh, I've never made the connection to that one but yeah that is funny when the swordsman's like yeah you need to pick a different name next time that that yeah, yeah. wow <laughs> wow uh, deep knowledge of the of the avatar perfect um, yeah. Uh, the next, the next thing we see is we go back to the outer wall, uh, and Katara is like healing a member of the terror team. And I have to say that they are not very good fighters, but they are at least cut. Uh, these people, like, woo, they, they, they are muscly, like Ty Lee said. <laughs> yeah. It makes, um, it, it makes me wonder too about the like how certain types of bending works because I think a lot of the Earth Kingdomers are pretty jacked. Um, like when you look at Earth Benders, they are very ripped. Um, and I, I wonder like how that translates through like the moving of the earth and having like that stability of movement that they do. But then I think that's really key is because this series is really big on it's not about your muscles. It's about your 
like mm-hmm. strength of character and will because alternatively you have Toph who is not any of that and <laughs> way stronger than any any of the other Earth Kingdomers practically um, say maybe Boomy um, and it's and it's it's interesting because I think there is that contrast and you actually even see it with Zuko because Zuko gets less jacked as the series goes on um, and in season one um, Iroh straight up tells him. It's not about your muscles or your strength. Like the fire comes from within. And it, and another, like, again, like character tra- trait that I really love. They never state it. But if you pay attention, Zuko does get thinner mm-hmm. throughout the series and get stronger throughout the series. His strongest point is in season three, where he is the thinnest and not like ripped and jacked. Like he's still toned, but he's lost a lot of muscle, but he's still extremely powerful. And I think that's such an interesting, again, character trait of journey the, the show is very subtle with stuff and i love it i never yeah. noticed zuko getting leaner i want to pay attention mm-hmm. to that going forward in season three yeah look at him in season one and look at him in season three he definitely i remember season one he was pretty yoked i do remember yeah. that yeah especially <laughs> for like a kid like when he yeah, was like fighting admiral Zhao, standing over him like built i was like wow <laughs> yikes um <laughs> Yeah, these I do feel like the Earthbenders are probably the strongest in terms of like just physical. Like a lot of them are like very muscular. Um, Yeah, trying to think if there's any like obviously Toph, but I'm trying to think if there's like another like random Earthbender that's just like not strong. I guess the Dai Li, they're not very strong. Yeah, I guess they're more uh, lie than anything else, right? What were the Um, two guys trying to go go after Toph? What were their names again? The Boulder. Oh no, the other uh, two. Yeah, <laughs> not yeah, the two, the, not the, the Master Boulder. Yu and Jing Fu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not. Yeah, they, they're not super strong. So I guess they they exist. Yeah. Um, anyway, this this uh, very cut man is telling them about how how he got his chi blocked. How it was two people that ambushed them, and that the girl uh, hit them until she could not earthbend anymore, and then cartwheeled away. And uh, yeah, Katara's like, "Oh no, this is Ty Lee. We are in trouble. Like she knows what to do." And then she says the uh, the line that matters here. It's like she takes you down from the inside. And Sokka's like, yup, that's, that one's it. Light bulb goes off. Like, uh, he's got the idea. Before we move too far ahead here, imagine you are a grown man and you get beat up by, like, a 14-year-old girl in a fight. And then she cartwheels away. That's, like, the <laughs> biggest L you could possibly take. Especially if you're, like, a soldier, like, a military veteran. Like, right, that's the fattest L ever. Yeah, bro, but like, what an amazing piece out for Ty Lee. Like, it beats a bunch of people that just like cartwheels off. I've often talked about like, um, my fiance and a bunch of our friends have discussed like, would you date a guy if he wore Heelys? Um, and we had a long conversation about this. It's like, depends on like, if you were on a first date and dude had Heelys on, what would you do? So it depends on when the reveal happened. If he rolled up on Heelys, unlikely, because there's a, only a couple of guys who could pull it off. But if it's like the end of the date, you had a like really good time, and he's just like, "Well, this was really amazing. I hope to see you again. I'll see you later." And then Healy's off. You're just like, "Yeah, that works." And I feel like it's that level here, right? <laughs> How you use it, where it's just like you beat a bunch of dudes, just like you know, later losers, and cartwheel away. <laughs> a plus, A plus exit. Yeah, I I do not think that I would go with someone on the first date who wears Heelys because that means that those are the nice shoes that they own. Like <laughs> otherwise, they're just in Crocs. Like that's the only other shoe that they own. <laughs> like I'm not opposed to it. Like once I know them, I'm okay to know they own Heelys. But on the first date, ugh. I love that. That's so good. <laughs> they own the Heelys. <laughs> only go down <Right>. from there. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, 
Yeah, that yeah, I'm I'm not sure. But a cartwheel, I think that's a power move. Uh I, I like that one quite a lot. Um, but so yeah, the the team I've heard decides, okay, this is how we're gonna do it. We're gonna take it down from the inside. So then we cut to uh they're all like on the I guess dirt, they're ready to attack the drill. Toph is gonna uh, use some like cover. She's going to generate some dust and then they're going to be able to get through Ty Lee, who is now like on navigations, like, Oh, look at the dust cloud. It's so poofy. Poof. Yeah. This, this is why having Ty Lee is not the smartest thing to do. When yeah, and, and the fire nation military, t- like tacticians or whatever. I don't know what they're doing. Sometimes is this Azula's fault? Is this the general's fault? Whoever it is, what Ty Lee on navigation duty, awful decision. Yeah, I mean, she does point out the dust cloud that matters. Like, she says, like, hey, this is a dust cloud we should look out for. And she is right. That's Uh, fair. Yeah. We're trashing on Tylee. It's like, no, no. She was correct, though. It's like, that's fair. She was. She was correct. She just did it in such a silly way. But then you have all these, like, randoms that are sitting there, like, just, I don't even know what they're doing. It's like, in Star Wars, there's always so many people on the bridge that are, like, pressing red buttons. And it's like... No, like you're not doing anything. Playing Galaga, right? Like Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh but yeah, so so they say it's going to be nothing and uh, this is like kind of weird. They like create a hole in the ground. Toph goes into the hole. The drill goes over them. And as they're down there, Sokka complains. <laughs> Sokka says, it's so dark. I can't see a thing. <sighs> oh no, what a nightmare. <laughs> I just <laughs> Yeah, I, the tough the tough blind jokes are killing me the past this, few weeks they're so this good. this was the best joke of the episode for me in my opinion i really enjoyed it this cracked me up i think seconded i this is one of my favorites i love the running gag of everyone else saying something and Toph being just like i'm blind yo and just like it's it's a constant <laughs> thing like it, it's happened in a few episodes previously it will continue yep. to happen it is one of my favorite like running uh, jokes of the series. And this is like a great one. Just that like, Oh no, what a nightmare. I'm sorry. Like it's so good. Yeah. It's so funny. The Like, I think uh, one of the best ones is when they're like all looking for the library and Toph's like, Oh, look, it's over there. And they're like, what? And it's like, is what you'll say once you see it. And it's like, Oh my God. It's, <laughs> it's so good. And then she does the like uh hands yeah. up mm-hmm. her face thing. One of my favorites. Uh, uh, and it happens later. I think it's, uh oh man uh, i don't remember the name of the episode but it was where they're running a grift constantly and there's like a oh, wanted yeah. poster real good yeah. it's just like i'm blind what's wrong with you people like it's just so good yeah that that one is a good one uh, that's also a great episode i really like that mm-hmm. one where they're just like running a huge gambit yeah like con man ah uh, love it um, but yeah, so then they all like get underneath the, uh, like they all get underneath the drill. They're trying to get Toph to come on there. And she's like, no, I can't see. Like, do you not understand? <laughs> like, I'm yeah. not going in the metal monster where I can't see anything. And that's fair. Sarah in the discord actually pointed out that her powers don't come from vibration seeing. They come from like the actual earth yes. vibrations. Cause like last week I was like, well, why can't she see on ice if ice has vibrations? But I think Sarah's right. So that's why she can't see in metal and ice. Like, it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, she has to be in physical contact with the earth in order to see through that, right? Like, that's where she's able yeah. to sense stuff. Yeah. Um, it's like, yeah, it's, it's it's that specific surface. Like, how bats are able, like, they're so not worse because they're bouncing stuff off of things. Like, hers is specifically by able to touch the earth. She can sense everything around there. And mm-hmm. through that is, like, the medium. She can't do it through air. She can't do it through metal. 
yet. Um, but like, uh, yeah, it's really, it's really cool. And instead she just decides to stay outside. And once again, just beast modes. I'll just try to slow down this thing by myself. <laughs> cool. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, well no one else could do it, but you actually have a shot. So it, I guess uh, you can keep going. Um, yeah. But once they get into the machine, they're trying to find the schematics and Sokka's like, okay, we need to find the weak points. We need to know what this looks like from the inside. Uh, and he like decides to cut a steam valve so that there's like some noise going on. Aang doesn't see the plan, but this is pretty smart. So it's one genius. of the engineers, <laughs> yeah, one of the engineers has to come to fix it. And once they do, uh, they go and they come with some plans and Katara just uses the steam to freeze the guy. They walk with the plans. This is iconic. This is like a great heist. 10 out of 10. I, I thought this was a very impressive feat of water bending from Katara too, just instantly freezing all the steam. I wouldn't have thought thought that was like something water bending could do, but then yeah, I guess steam it makes complete yeah. sense. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, a, probably pretty advanced, but she's yes. also a master, so. Exactly. And yeah. like, that's the other cool thing too, is like, again, seeing these characters train and become just arguably the best versions of these benders in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Katara's a great example of that because she does stuff with water that's incredible. Um, and we see a little more usage of that as the series goes on. Certainly in the last episode, um, she, <laughs> at this one point in the big fight in, you know, finale where she freezes and then uses like her own breath and steam to like melt the ice around her so she can get out of it. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is like a great example of her thinking about how to use like water in interesting ways. Yeah, it is really cool here. I, I think that this height that they do here, even though it's smaller, is better than the one last week where they go get the food from the captain uh, or like Lee and uh, Jet gets the food from the captain. This one's like so clever. It's so clean. It's so like it's just in and out. Mm, and one I never would have thought of. Like it's so it's it again, Sokka's cleverness is is on the forefront. And I love it because it really is just like, well, we need to figure out what this place looks like. How do we get plans? And he's just like, oh, well, if you break something, an engineer will probably show up to fix it. So we'll just get it from him. And it's just like, oh, yeah, that does make a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so here, hot water is that engineer's downfall. Sadly, hot water might also be Iroh's downfall. We go back and see Iroh and Zuko. They're sitting around waiting. And there's like a little guy who's like hawking tea. He's like, hot tea, finest tea in Bossing say. Iroh gets a cup, but he is uh, he's very upset. He says it's the coldest tea in Bossing say. He says it's an absolute disgrace. Is cold tea that bad? Like, I'm not a huge tea drinker, but like, you can drink it. Yeah, cold tea kind of sucks unless you're drinking like an iced tea. I don't know, like a, okay. a, a tea that's meant to be hot and then is cold is pretty bad. Yeah, think, I, I I can agree there. I'm not a huge tea drinker personally. Like, I like coffee, but same same principle. Like, sure. you you can have hot coffee if you want hot coffee. You can have iced coffee. I think an in between part, you're just kind of like, what the? This is not great. <laughs> Okay, so room temp is uh is no yeah, room temp tea and coffee. No, 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 no. Okay, no. good to know. It's a weird uh, taste. <laughs> I will not go down the streets of Chicago trying to hawk some uh some room temp <laughs> coffee and <laughs> I will strike that from my weekend plans next weekend. Good to know. <laughs> uh, but then so Jet is like trying to talk Zuko into joining his freedom fighter group. He's really persistent, and Zuko's like, I'm not gonna do it. Like I, I said no. He's just like, I'm not going to. Jet keeps persisting. It's like Jet, he said no, like you're not gonna win him over right here. Yeah. Like again, Jet's persistence on it is 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 extreme. And then naturally his reaction, once to be fair, Iroh does something real dumb. Um, it, it's again, Jet Jet is a bit much uh when it comes to yeah. this stuff. 
Yes. Yeah, Jet goes from zero to a hundred real quick here. Yeah. <laughs> but then also, is this the stupidest thing Iro does the whole series? Is this like the dumbest stunt he does? Because this is batshit insane. Why would you? Why would you warm up your tea in the middle of? And you could see him like look around before he does it too. If you want, because I watched the episode twice, and then on the second watch, I was just watching Iro in the background. So he looks around and then heats up the tea. That's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. That's such a small detail. See, this is why I love the show. Like it's yeah. so good. But then he must know that there's people that could be watching. It's a popu- it's a densely populated area of like refugees going into the city. So I don't know. This was like the dumbest thing I seen Iroh do all series. Yeah, it, it really is not that smart. Uh, and like here, Zuko gets mad at him. I think Zuko saying, "Why are you firebending your tea?" is also pretty dumb. I know <laughs> yes. he whispers it, but like even saying the words is just like inviting someone to be like, "I'm sorry, did you say firebending?" What? No, I said like, Meyer Mending. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, if that joke was in there, I also would have found that joke very funny. That that's my type of dumb humor. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so then like Iroh gets upset. He, Zuko knocks the tea out of his hand. He he wants to cry over spilt tea. Uh, but yeah, Iroh's clearly in the wrong here. Um, then then we go back to uh, then we go back to Sokka and Katara. They're looking at one of these like massive beams. The plan is to. Uh, yeah, the plan is to take the beam, uh, cut the inner mechanism from the outer mechanism, so then the inner mechanism isn't braced anymore, and then the whole thing will collapse. They get to it on the beams, and like it's huge. These things are like gigantic. Uh, it's going to be like pretty hard for them to get through. And so, what Sokka and Katara, not not Sokka, Sokka does nothing. What Katara uh, and Kang do? He's he's a motivator. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> he provides Fine. moral support. Yes. That's what he does. <laughs> I think he provides rage, if anything, because uh, <laughs> he induces rage. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're right. Um, but so the plan is to cut through the beams, uh, and then like they'll be able to to make them fall apart. So they start doing this. It's like it takes them a lot of time. Uh, this does not look easy. They're also using like only a little bit of water. Is there any way that would be better that they could break these beams? Like, could they use ice or something? Would that have been better? I don't. I don't really don't think. I mean, because you'd have to get it to like like sub-zero temperatures in order to be able to shatter a beam like that, even with the ice. I feel like this really is the closest thing they could probably have done. And yeah, it would take a while because like you're essentially just yeah. trying to cut through metal. It's like in movies when you see people at the bank vault, right? With like the little flamethrower and it's like, this is going to take a bit. Uh, it's very similar to that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it's got to take them a, a long time to do this. This looks exhausting. Like I know that this is like kind of what lumberjacks do. Like if they're like, you know, using an ax or whatever, this would be like one of my least favorite jobs. I could not do it. Yeah, lumberjacks are also lumberjacked, so they're able to do that pretty easily. <laughs> and I feel like you know, Skinny Ang and, and and Katara are very toned, but not not this to go this long and this hard. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's very fair. Then they knock through, they like cut through one of the beams, and they think that they've won, which is like just so sad because they like hear a big noise and they're like, "Oh, we did it! Like we we went ahead and we like uh, knocked it down." And then the message comes over. It's like we did it. The drills made contact, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, "Okay, 
Cyrus Sokka just way too optimistic. He's just really <laughs> excited. Where he's just like, I did it. My plan worked. And it's just like, yeah. what? No, bro. How can you think chill. breaking one of the braces would shut the whole thing down? Because wasn't the plan to knock down all the, or cut down all the braces? I don't know why he was assuming that yes. they would <laughs> I think the loud noise probably is just, he's like, oh, that must have done it. Yeah. Good enough. <laughs> one cool thing I like here when they say start the countdown to victory, they cut to Azula and she's still like unhappy. She knows that the battle's not won yet, which is a nice little detail there so yeah. perpetually unhappy True. <laughs> and, but i mean she does he, smile on occasion like, even yeah, like getting very getting through the wall <laughs> getting through the wall is like not even the goal like even if they do that it's like great we've done one of the things i'm gonna mm-hmm. do like i have bigger plans like you just know your one thing but like like azula's a mastermind she's like thinking three three four five six seven steps ahead and she learns because after this entire encounter how does she take down Bossing Say from, from the inside? inside. Ooh, smart, <laughs> Kevin. I wasn't even thinking along those lines. Look at that. Yep. Um, but anyway, so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> they, they tried to like push the brace down or something. Like this just looked terrible. If they thought that like you know <laughs> yeah. busting the braces was gonna work, like how are they gonna push them down? Like no. No. To be fair, we always have to remember they are young, so they're, they're working That's, with what they got here. It's it's only soccer trying to push the brace yeah. down, right? It's just him, so yeah. Uh, and then Aang is like, uh, actually, Toph's been teaching me you don't need to give a hundred percent every time you fight. And then he, he just like uses Sokka as like a, as a dummy to be like, here, I'm going to prove my example. He's like, you're going to be quick and accurate. He just like hits him a bunch of times. He hits like Sokka. And then he's like, and then when he's like reeling, uh, then you deliver the final blow. He hits him on the head and Sokka just plummets. Poor Sokka. Like <laughs> being used as a prop sucks. Well- to be fair, Sokka did just have them do all of that work for quite some time. So, you know, he, he had to get a little bit, his hands a little dirty in this moment. That's, <laughs> Only that's fair. True. And, and Zach, as the resident coach expert that we have here, is this good advice? Should you give 100% on uh, every strike? Uh, I think it's pretty good advice. I mean, Aang is going to, like, modify Sokka's plan here. And Aang's plan eventually does work. So, yeah, this was good advice from Aang, I think. Okay. Good to know. Uh, I I think this like makes sense. Like you know, don't give it all your all, so you have more to give later. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so the plan now is to instead of cutting all the way through, you, they're just going to like weaken each brace, and then they're going to use like uh, I guess a needle or a nail or something, and like destroy the whole thing at the very end. Yes. Um, and then and then they're like, great, it's going to crash down. Ang's like, the the whole world's counting on us, and Sokka's like, minus the Fire Nation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Correct. Like, thank you. Yeah, like, why bring that up? Yeah. Uh, So then we start, like, seeing them cut them a bunch, and they're cutting through a bunch of, like, these braces. We go back and forth going through a bunch of them. And and just then we get some random person running up saying, like, oh, no, an engineer was uh, ambushed, and a brace was, like, cut through on the starboard side. I don't know if it's left or right. Do either of you know? No. Starboard. I know there's a starboard and there's a port. Yeah, no port, <laughs> yeah. starboard. That's it. I don't know if it's left or right either. I'm, I'm not on any shit. I don't go on both. Like, <laughs> if, if I had to guess, I would say port is left, but it's also a 50 50 guess. So if I'm right, <laughs> it's not that impressive. What's the term for the people who like stay on land, land lubber or whatever? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's what lovers. I am. <laughs> I'll be that one. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, so now they realize like there's something going up, and Azula's like, all right. This is time. And May's got to be stoked. May's like, thank God, more things to do. 
I do like um, the the general of the ship. Like this is where you see his face, just like ooh, because that's the moment where he's just like, "Well, I'm dead." Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I yeah. think you know to our point earlier. That's the moment he realized he messed up real bad. I hate. He's I like, would hate to be Azula's underling because then you're just like on. It's like walking on eggshells. Like apparently, people who work for Elon Musk at Tesla say like every time he comes into a room, it just like fire random people and just like you always have to be compare Azula to Elon Musk. That would ruin her for me. Come on, what are you doing? I love this character. What are you trying to do? No, but I just mean like in a workplace. Like I would hate to be working underneath Azula because it's like the fear of either being fired at best or like death at worst <laughs> would be looming large over you. There's no good outcome there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'd rather be fired than die, but yeah, the the boss of one of our my competitors at work, like he has a story or there's a story about him where like he came into a room, got mad at someone and took a keyboard and just smashed it until like it was totally broken and then fired a bunch of people in the room, which just sounds Jesus. so funny. <laughs> oh man, I would not oh, want to be there, but I would love to see it. Uh just to like see someone with that much rage in real life. Like I've only seen this in TV shows and movies. Yeah, it definitely seems like something was just like that's like a parody, but apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh yeah, it's just the crazy ones. Uh anyway, so now uh yeah, this actually I think this is where Sokka's like, "Okay, good work team Avatar," and he says the name here. And just as they're about to celebrate, uh, a gigantic blue like fireball comes shooting by their head, and it's like, all right, it's on. This is great. And the rest of the episodes like action packed, super exciting. Um, but yeah, we we get to see uh, Azula and her blue fire blasts. It's very yeah. it's very fun. Yeah, this is where the like the the heavy 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 action. Like the entire thing is like an infiltration action scene. Um, and I love that this this entire episode is basically like a scene. Right out of like, yeah. like will feel like a bigger uh, context, but it's just really well done. And this is like where the action action starts, and we do get that beat also, where it's just like Tylee's like it's the Avatar and friends, and I'm just like Sokka waits just again. <laughs> That's why the, the Sokka is likable because even in this instance, he's like, oh hey, what's up? Like you know, yeah. like he's never not on, which is amazing. <laughs> this is the thing that my my sister when we were watching latched onto this the most. She was walking around, she was like, hey. Hey, just like waving at different things. And I was like, all right, if you're going to be Sokka, this is, this is good. I like it. Um, yeah, yeah Sokka is just so endearing here. Yeah. And this is like where the, the really big fighting starts. You get like the split up, right? Where, uh, Tylee and May go after Sokka and Katara and Azula's obviously going to go after Aang because she mm-hmm. also has a pretty one tracked mind. Yep. Uh, yeah. And then, so as they're running, like Katara and Sokka are going into this like sludge because like as the drills drilling it, like, the rock mixes with some water and it just turns into like nasty, like sewer type stuff. It's like gross. I guess it's just rock. So maybe it's not that gross, but it looked pretty nasty. It just looks like mud and water. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I guess like Ty Lee doesn't really care. She goes right in, but May's not about to. Would you go into the sludgy, uh, sludge juice as May no. calls it? No. no. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, while I'm not fully like May anymore, the little character traits is still the same. Uh, do yeah. I do I want to get dirty? No. No. Kudos, kudos to May though for having the cojones to like step up to Azula and just not do it though. Because like I, I would be too scared of Azula. I would jump in if Azula's like jumping to the sunflower, I'd be like, okay, well, I don't want to get like obliterated by Azula. I'd probably just do it. But May's just like, no, she holds her ground, just doesn't well, do it. So. As as May herself says later on, that is a miscalculation on Azula's part about how much she thinks they're afraid of her. <laughs> yeah. 
For some reason, May's not afraid because if the option was like gross rock water or like Azula, I would take the gross wa- rock water, even though it's like very nasty. But uh, yeah, yeah, May just May just May holds her own. You. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so that they start going down. We see Aang's like racing past people. I always love these things where like Aang's racing through places because he just runs so fast. Like he's just yeah, he's so like the road quick. runner. Uh, yeah, you know I like to Aang was zooming through the drill here. These are some of the really fun parts too of like the bending. I love when they get to use it. That's another thing I like about this episode is like seeing Aang showcase of um, air bending. Um, we <laughs> see a, we've seen it a lot throughout the series, but this is just such a like. One moment in particular, just really awesome. But like, yeah, using air to just essentially like speed run his way through the entire drill to get to the top of it is so awesome and so fun. And it's one of those moments where, as much as I am a firebender, I'd be like, yeah, airbending would be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it would be pretty fun. Although then, if you're a firebender, you can do the cool like Azula yep. hack type Rocket thing. Like, oh, that's so cool! I want to do it. Um, then the, the, another really clever thing is like, so Katara and Sokka slide out through the back, they go through the butt of the ship and Katara starts using water bending to stop the flow of the rock water from coming out. And then like Ty Lee, as she's like falling out, then is just like trapped and is like just staring at them, unable to do anything. That's some really quick thinking by Katara's part. Also just like really gross for Ty Lee. I mean, I, I, I know like she didn't mind, but just imagine just being like now stuck and just like, ah, ah, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's got to be nasty. And then Katara is like a little vengeful here. I know we get vengeful Katara later in season three, but here she's like, why don't you try blocking my chi now, circus freak? And yeah, I was like, mean. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Zach, was this was this a line too far? I don't know if it was too far, but it's like, I mean, I guess Ty Lee has like taken her out before. She's pissed off. But yeah, it seemed like a little a little harsh circus yeah. freak. Yikes. Yeah, I, I thought it was a little rude, but uh, hey, she was yeah. fr- flirting with her brother, though, so it could be also a sibling <laughs> sibling thing. <laughs> Low protection there. That's yeah. yeah. I do think sure. that Katara would be very protective of Sokka. Like if Sokka was getting taken advantage of by some girl, Katara would be like, no, 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 yeah. you're not doing that to my my brother. Um, but then, yeah, so Sokka's like super excited that this uh, pressure is going to build up in the drill and uh, it's going to pop. So everyone will get some soda at the end. <laughs> yeah, when it explodes, so it just rains out from the from yep. the drill. Doctor Pepper, Seven Up, Ginger Ale, whatever you'd like. Oh, is, is Willy Wonka in charge of this drill? What the <laughs> hell's going on here? <laughs> Correct. Yes, instead of a chocolate river, it's uh, like a rock soda. Yeah, yeah, and then like it's just soda everywhere. Exactly. That is that is precisely what I meant. <laughs> then we cut to Ang. He's on top of the thing, and uh, he's like on the drill running. He's trying to get them to stop uh, throwing the rocks down because it's kind of making Aang's life hard because he has to, you know, move out of the way of getting crushed. And so he's like yelling up. He's like, hey, stop throwing the rocks down. And the general's like, hey, keep throwing the rocks yeah. down. Never stop throwing rocks. <laughs> and the rocks yeah. are not doing anything. That's why I think Correct. the general is such an idiot because the rocks are providing no resistance at all. They're just yeah. getting broken. It's just like and you're, at that point, you're just wasting her. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was like, yeah, the general is kind of a dumb, dumb here. Yeah, but not as dumb as Sokka is. Uh, <laughs> we go back to Sokka and Katara and Katara says, uh, so, so Sokka's like, keep it up. Like, you can do it. Don't forget to breathe. Mansplaining breathing. Yes. Okay. 
Uh, and Katara is like, look, I'm sick and tired of you. You're a chattering hog monkey. Sokka <laughs> says, just been the slurry woman. Just been the slurry woman. I wrote that down too. I was like, what a line. <laughs> when I heard that, I was like, I hope that like Toph heard that and just like earth bending blast you into like space and you have to fall. Like, that's so rude. It's very rude. It is something I would say to my sister. Like, I wouldn't ever actually say it or mean it IRL. But if I was talking to my sister, I would, like, say those type of, like, you know, like, jokey kind of, like, I was like, hey, you know, type things. So I could get that. But, yeah, I like that Katara herself just, like, immediately, like, you know, water bends him to be like, yo. (laughs) It's funny. In the middle of this action-packed episode, we get this, like, sibling spat, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) There's a little, like, argument between the two, Sokka and Katara. Yeah, this used to happen between my sister and I. I would, like, mess with her a little bit too much. Uh, Like, for some reason, my sister's knees are very ticklish. And so I just, like, go and I just, like, tickle her knees just, like, the littlest amount because it would, like, freak her out. And then she'd like get really upset with me. Uh, and then I, like she would essentially water bend me into the ground. She would just like <laughs> tackle me. And then I'd be like, damn, all right, don't mess with her. She's just, uh, she's able to take me down. But anyway, th- this, the sibling rivalry felt pretty real. Um, but then Toph like rolls up. And now because it's rock water, Toph's also able to bend it, which I guess makes sense. Maybe. It, well, like, it's. I, th- it's I like think ha- she's bending the rocks in the water, yes. not not yeah. not the water itself. And then Katara's bending the water. So because it's 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 basically what Katara would be would have been doing is using the water specifically to like keep the rocks up, like so constant mm-hmm. motion. Okay. Whereas like with Toph there, Katara could just worry about the water, and Toph could worry about the rocks. So it just makes things easier because each is doing half the work necessary. Yeah. Okay. Never never yeah. give a hundred percent when you can give. <laughs> Ooh. It makes sense. And you tie it back. This is great. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. Th- okay. I, I I buy it now. Um we go back to Aang. Aang is like uh standing on top of the drill and he's like, What I would give to be a metal bender. And I was like foreshadowing. <laughs> I was like, that is foreshadowing. I like this. Um yeah, definitely yeah. foreshadowing. Yeah, but but then Azula and Aang start fighting, and this fight's pretty cool. This is this a fight. good one. I love this yeah. fight. It's awesome. Uh, what, what are your like favorite? Uh, what are your favorite moments as they're like oh, fighting each other? Easily. Okay, so there's two specifically, right? Like this fight is just really awesome because again, like it shows the skill and abilities of Azula, and especially just fighting on top of this thing while boulders are falling around them. Yeah. Um, the two moments that I love are one where uh ang like earth bends and tosses a rock at her and she just does a split to duck the rock and i'm like <laughs> incredible and then the other part is where she essentially does that like rolling flip cartwheel into yeah, a I drop know, kick I, yeah Iconic. That, i have that in my notes it's like a front flip somersault in midair fire bending drop kick yes. that was my favorite part as well in- where- incredible <laughs> Yeah, and that's yeah. that's the move what she takes out Aang with because she like drop kicks and like fire bends at the same time. A drop kick that will put like any WWE wrestler to shame, pretty much. Yes, yeah, it, it is pretty impressive. I know like Simone Biles recently did like a very impressive uh, flip. I don't know all the gymnastics terms, so I'm not gonna like embarrass myself. <laughs> but it's like it was a very impressive flip, and like it was something that's like not always uh, like done because it's like very difficult. I, I feel like uh, here, like Azula is doing everything that uh, like our best gymnasts can do. It was very impressive, all the flipping. The other part that I like is like 
so Aang's like using water whips to like stop her fire attacks. And as she's sending more fire, I like the water is going down. Like the water's like getting vaporized. And I was like, that's clever. Cause like, it's just boy. Like I was like, wow, yep. this, uh, this show is good. No wonder we podcast about it. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's so yeah. great. And that's, uh, yeah. The little things, right. The little details in the fight of like, again, Azula Newton, like get rid of his water. So that way, you know, like he won't have that. He's down one element because he is the avatar. Um, and that's what I love. Like, you have Azula doing this fight, and you also have the showcase of the different fighting styles because, you know, each one of the bending is based on a different type of martial arts, and I think that's mm-hmm. so awesome. So you see that in, in movement and motion here as Aang is using several and, and Azula is using fire bending. You see the contrast of that happening. And I also really love that the fact that, like, at this point, too, the, the threat of Azula has been real. Like, she's holding her own against the Avatar, and almost I think almost every instance previously... They never finish the fight. Like it always gets interrupted or something happens. Like the chase is another awesome one where, you know, she was fighting essentially several of them and they fight didn't (laughs) end because like it got interrupted because everyone else showed up. And I love that. I love that. Like (laughs) the danger of Azula is always prevalent and like they never really finish the fight between them because it's kind of evenly matched for now. And I really love, love that aspect. And it's evenly matched with Aang, like master of airbending, like really good waterbender and a really good earthbender. Like he's using lots of earth here, too. He's got three of the four elements and Azula is like keeping up with him. It's very impressive fighting here. Yeah, that just shows um, how powerful Azula is. The fact that she can keep up with Aang. Like Azula is probably outside of like Ozai. She is. And I guess Iroh. She is the more most powerful firebender probably to ever yeah. exist almost. Like the, even the lightning bending. Like the fact that she can bend lightning at age 14. She's a 14 mm-hmm. year old girl. That's always what's crazy to me. She's canonically age 14 and she can do all this stuff. That's insane. Yeah, it's uh, pretty cool. And pretty much the only reason why she doesn't just like capture the avatar is because the sludge is like really beginning to build. And uh, it's like building so much to where they have to stop the fight because they both get like knocked down from it. Um, And as they're like going down, they're falling. Azula has some like badass shoes, like nothing like Healy's that stops her from falling. It like gets enough traction pretty nice and then uh ang you know has trusty old momo there to save him um and then yeah. does the run up the edge because he's like once he's back up like mostly upright he does his like air bending to run up the edge and then arguably one of the i, I think it's just the, the coolest moment probably in this episode and one of the coolest air bending moments about to happen yeah this yeah. is my favorite moment of the episode as well where Aang hops on the hops up the wall and just sprints up the wall and jumps down. It's so impressive. Just the I love airbending in the show in general. Just like the way they show the airbending is just beautiful to watch, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, because he like so he gets like a nail in the X that he marked. He like uses his air scooter to get up, but his air scooter runs out, so he keeps running. And then he's like, All right, now time to run down. And like he's gotta be going past terminal velocity because he's yeah. like actively running down a wall somehow. It's and it's, not only just that cool. he's using the airbending burst, right? Because he uses the air yes. to go up there, and, and he he basically burns out all the air in the ball to get as high as up as possible. Because this is obviously a giant wall, and then like you know has that moment. And the musical cue here is a plus. Like when the music kicks, is like exactly when he does the turn around up in the air and then just burst downwards. It's like a superhero moment. I love obviously superhero stuff and it just felt like one of the coolest moments for like the flash except it's Aang doing it and it was just yeah. such a cool scene 
Yeah, it is really cool. And as he's like falling down, Azula like shoots some sort of like fire blast at him, but misses by just a bit. And as like Aang falls down with so much pressure, it like sends everything back. Not only does he knock the drill, but he creates like a ripple blast that knocks her back. And uh, yeah, like the the slurry or sludge or whatever it is, like starts to burst. It goes away from the drill and this drill is down for the count. Uh, and thankfully Toph is there with Katara and Sokka because she's able to like create a rock pillar. Yes. Otherwise they would be totally filled uh, or like just covered in all this slush. Yeah. Toph perpetually helpful. Like uh, what, what is it? I think even in season three, we're so glad we added you to the team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that a lot. You're right. They do say that. Yeah, that's uh, it is extremely clutch here. Um, but yeah, so then like the, the drills beaten, um, you know, they, they've done it. Uh, they have broken through the wall. Um, but I guess like they, they don't have a way to keep going. Um, and then I love this, like after they're all like, you know, at the end of the episode, they're all like seeing where all the characters are and May just opens up a little door and she's just like, we lost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all we get from that. I do like even in that moment after in the loss though, Azula like slides down and like mm-hmm. and she, even even in losing, Azula still looks cool. It's just like it's an impressive landing. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. always. Yeah, she doesn't even um, seem to be mad that she's covered in sludge and all that. She just still still yeah, minor elegant and graceful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, elegant yeah. and graceful, covered in sludge. Oh. Yeah, that would not be me. Uh, but then just a few more things to wrap up the episode. So they're going to Bossing Say on the train. Uh, and as you mentioned earlier, Kevin, they are like using the earth bending to move the train, which is like just such a cool detail mm-hmm. that they, they use it to like get the energy. It also makes so much sense. Uh, and here we see like Jet, who's like now convinced that Iroh and Zuko have to be firebenders because he heated the, he heated the, uh, T himself. We also see like, uh, Iroh meet the mom and see Hope, the baby. Uh, what do you feel about these moments where it's like a, a random connection that doesn't need to be in there and it's just like, oh yeah, like we saw these people last episode. I love it. I mean, I love okay. these tiny moments, right? Because it's, it's the world is more connected in, than you, than you think. And just also like all, while all this was going on, while all these various threads are happening, I think it's interesting to see like the after effects and aftershocks of it. It's like when Toph met Iroh, right? Like it's just such an interesting yeah. moment. It's just such an interesting cross. Um, and then, uh, obviously had no idea who he is and, you know, for a bit still did it. Um, I, I think those things are really fascinating and interesting The the way lives intersect and touch in this world, I think are important. And that plays out hugely throughout, you know, the themes, um, of the series, especially like when you think about the past lives and stuff like that. Yeah. Zach, what, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I enjoyed this moment of the baby and everything coming back. I'm, I have a question for you, Jacob. Did you enjoy this moment? Because the way you worded the question, you didn't seem like you liked it too much. <laughs> Jacob's like, I hate this. I hate babies. I hate this. <laughs> well, okay. So I wasn't a big fan of like, or it didn't do anything for me seeing the couple in Zuko alone that we saw have the baby. Like that was like, whatever. This is like kind of nice because it's like, okay, we see that they're in, on the train going to Bossing Say. I just know I had to mention it because last week I, I was like a, a little probably too upset about it. So I, I felt like I had to at least mention it. It's just a cute little moment between Iroh yeah. calling the baby handsome and what's the couple's name? Ying and or so it's like Ying and Hope. That's Ying. the baby's. Yeah, I don't know the the guy's name. It's they don't, I don't think he's, he's given a name. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> no. Uh, th- then we finish off the episode with Sokka saying, uh, good, good job out there, Team Avatar. He gives a few names. I think we should power rank them. So he gives Team Avatar the Boomerang Squad. Then he explains this joke very thoroughly because it has Aang in it. Uh, the Aang Gang, the Fearsome Foursome. Which one do we like the most? Boomerang. <laughs> Boomerang Squad. Okay. Boomerang, Boomerang Squad. squad. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. it's great because it has Aang in it. It's very clever. Also, it's, yeah. it's the best weapon in the series. <laughs> I like Aang Gang, actually. That's not bad. I like the Ron Gang. Yeah, it's not, I, I mess with it. It ain't too yeah, bad. I, I, I think Team Avatar would be second for me just because it is like... I know them as Team Avatar, so it's yeah, endearing, of but the end gang's good. Fearsome Foursome's the worst one. Yes, yes I agree yeah. with you. Fearsome Foursome is number four. Not about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose they could call themselves a fantastic foursome, but they probably would have had issues <laughs> with naming. <laughs> I um, would have loved that if they were like, right? we could be the Fantastic Four, and it's like, we don't have the rights to that. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, like an Animaniacs joke rather right? than an Avatar <laughs> joke. Um, I uh, do... I do wonder, because like, I was actually discussing this um, with my fiancé earlier, where this is definitely the first time it's used in series, uh, is Team Avatar. But Team Avatar is huge in the fandom. It's actually not used that much within the series. Like, they mentioned that they call themselves Team Avatar, like, I think, once or twice more, like, like a few. Mm-hmm. But, like, not a lot. But it's used in the fandom, like, nonstop. Like, that's what they're referred to as. And I'm wondering in my head, because, like, is it one of those instances where the fans were already calling them Team Avatar and they brought it into the show? Because that's happened, I think, in other stuff. I I think it has to be because, like, it's so convenient to refer to, like, oh, Team Avatar or the Fire Nation to, like, say what they're doing in season one. It's like, oh, yeah, Team Avatar is doing this. Team Avatar is doing that. Like, I don't remember. I was, like, quite young when I was watching this. I was not plugged into the online community, sadly. Uh, But I, I have to imagine they were called Team Avatar. Yeah, it's it's really interesting because she brought up too that like for Buffy, for example, it's like they were called the Scoobies, the Scooby Gang, like way before uh, yeah. it wasn't in the series. And then because it's so popular in the fandom, they brought it into the series, which I think is really interesting. Or it was a writer's room thing and they brought it into the series because they're like, yeah, let's let's make this happen. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I that's probably what happened. You know, we could also like uh, try to find out more about that. But, um, you know, I, I would say it's it's likely at least. Um. But yeah, so that that's the episode. That's the drill. Uh, a very fun episode. Lots of action. Lots of Love stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Kevin, what what are your thoughts after recapping it? Yeah, I mean, I just I really like this episode. It's just such a great showcase. I think of the characters in subtle ways. I think you get the the team Avatar thing, which is huge. You get Sokka's like I being the idea guy. You get the awesome action scenes. There's just a lot in this that I really like. That feels like such a different episode almost from like stuff around it because it is just this is like a single scene. It's like there's like a a book um that's escaped me right now i think joe abercrombie wrote it where it's like the entire novel is just one battle and i think Mm -hmm. that's really cool like when you do it's a fantasy story but it's like it's really cool i think when you you have an entire novel is just a scene uh, out of like something really bigger and that's sort of like what this episode is and i i I found it really cool and fun because of that yeah yeah i i agree with that zach what are your thoughts on the episode yeah I love this episode. I mean, especially coming off the backs of the two slower episodes we watch, it's great to have Azula back. We haven't seen Azula for a couple of weeks. And just the, the whole one big action sequence, I just, I loved it. Just the fact, like Kevin was saying, how it's just like one scene by itself, and yet it's still able to fill up 22 minutes of airtime and not feel paced at all. So, yeah, I loved it. What about you, Jacob? 
Yeah, I, I think this is a good one. You know, I think it's like even better in a rewatch because it pairs well with the serpent's past because yes. like you had that episode where like there's some action at the end, but then like it leads right into it. And I think it's like a really fun episode uh, with just like all of the fighting, so many good characters. You have some like decent jokes in there. Um, yeah, I like I think this is a great episode. So let's uh, go ahead and jump into our episode rankings. As always, you can write into avatar at postshowrecaps.com. With your ratings for the episode, rating between zero and four cabbages. Uh, Zach, do you want to start us off this week? Sure. I'll give this episode a 3.7 out of four cabbages. I enjoyed the fights. I enjoyed the humor. I enjoyed almost everything. The B-plot with Zuko and Iroh was a little, eh, I don't know. I was kind of like tired of Jet in that moment. I like Jet as a character, (laughs) but Jet was just kind of, like you said, he was like a pest. He was kind of like annoying this episode. So that knocked the episode down a couple of points for me. And I don't like, I don't know, I don't like stupid Iroh. I like intelligent, (laughs) wise Iroh. You know what I mean? I don't like yeah. dumb, dumb Iro heating up tea. That just makes me sad. So, yeah, I'll give it a 3.7 out of 4. Yeah, so, solid episode. Uh, Kevin, do you want to go next? Yeah, that's actually almost spot on. I, I was going to give it a 3.8. Mm-hmm. Um, 3.8 cabbages. Um, so, I yeah, I, I really liked it for all the reasons before. And I think, like Zach, I think it, that that's the, the, the point to parts, right? Like, I think the Zuko and Iroh parts aren't as strong, especially yeah. considering all the other stuff happening with those characters this season. Um, so, like, I think that's where it maybe faltered a little bit. But overall, I think 3.8, it, it's it's such a well-done episode. Yeah, I, I'm at a 3.7 myself. I think this is, like, definitely an A episode. Like, there's so many good things. We get so many characters, a lot of action. The B-plot's, like... Eh, but also you need it because like they, those characters are going to be in bossing say, and they are going to have stuff to do. And so like, yeah, you know, it's kind of like a necessary, uh, not even evil, like a necessary, like uh, movement along the listeners were a bit lower, but not too much at a 3.53. Yeah. I think that there are some people that were rating this episode pretty high and then a few like middling ratings in there. I feel like this is a one that is known pretty well, um, so, you know, 3.53 is pretty good from the listeners leaving this at a 3.68, uh, total ranking. Not pretty bad. good. That's yeah, one of our like higher that. ones for season two. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, especially coming after the past few weeks, it's been a bit lower. Uh, but there you go. That is our drill rating. Now we're getting to the battle of the battles. We're doing the same thing, but for the fights and the whole ha- back half of the episode is kind of one fight. So I think we should just call this the drill fight and then rank it instead of like putting the parts together. So, uh, Kevin, do you want to start us off? What would you rank the drill fight? Out of four cabbages? Out of four cabbages or four Ooh. elements, maybe, is yeah. more uh, <laughs> apropos for the, the fighting. Um, man, that's really tough. I would actually, you know, I really love the fight, but if we're looking at, like, there's the Azula and Aang fight, which I think is really good, but if we're looking at it overall as, like, one of the, mm-hmm. the fights of the series, I probably don't rank it as high, um, just because of those elements, pun intended, um, I'd probably <laughs> give it. I'd probably give it three, just because, like for me, like with the things that are missing is like the fight doesn't end, right? Like it gets cut off basically, and you don't fully get the 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 fights. But like, m- like May is not involved. You don't get Ty Lee heavily involved at the end, um, and Toph and and Sokka and Katara aren't as involved in the fight as more so like um, serving, you know, like helping bring the drill down. So, like, those parts of it don't 
like measure up to like some of the more legendary fights in the series. Like if you ask me like the chase, I keep bringing up because it's the other episode I really love that came previously. Um, that fight for me is a four because you have Zuko versus Azula versus Aang versus Zuko versus, you know, and then you have the yeah. uh, Katara show up and you're just like, this is incredible. Yeah. That um, fight was amazing. Yeah. 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 Uh, Zach, where are you on this fight? Yeah, I, I think Kevin brought up a lot of good points. I'm a little higher. I'm giving it a 3.3. I love Azula and Aang locking horns. I think that's always very fun. So, yeah, I'm at a 3.3. I wish it went on a little long. Like, I wish Azula and Aang were, like, fighting a little longer. It's kind of like a deus ex machina with, like, the sludge coming in and knocking them both out. It's like, ah, I want to see them fight even longer. But, oh, well, what can you do? Yeah, especially... Oh, go on. No, I was just going to say, like, Aang and Azula don't really have, like, a big final battle. They never really get that deciding battle really so yeah yeah i was gonna say especially like when ang takes that rock and becomes like half the thing uh as he has yeah, like, a bunch of rocks yeah, yeah. on his arm like i wanted to see that play out a little bit more i i think well, we sort the... of do in uh in the final episode technically right that is he, goes true, through, yeah. he goes full thing very briefly <laughs> <laughs> he does go full thing um yeah i think here uh i'm gonna give this a b a 3.2 out of four elements i think that this is like you know, the the type of fight that I like to see, I think that there's a lot of good things, but I also would like to see like a little bit more interaction from other people. It is so fun when it's like, oh, this person's fighting this person and then this person comes in and like people are constantly coming over the top of each other. Uh, but I also really just did enjoy it. Uh, this is leaving the fight at a 3.17. Uh, yeah, not too bad for the fight. And those are our rankings. Uh, last thing we have for you this week is listener feedback. Uh, as always, yep, write in at avatar at postshowrecaps.com to write in your listener feedback. We'll start off with Maria. She writes in with some meta commentary. She says, even without knowing who May and Tylee are, the Terra team is screwed as soon as two people were sent to take them all out at once. <laughs> Anytime you see fighting in a large group and the enemy sends one or two people after you, you know you're done for it because they're so confident these two people are strong enough to beat you. Uh, this was like, this made me laugh when I got this in my email. So I started laughing and I was like, oh yeah, that's a hundred percent right. Yeah, no, for sure. That's, that's great. I love that. <laughs> yeah, Maria's so just spitting been, facts. Yeah, so much has just been like, oh, we need to leave. This is not going to end well for us. <laughs> yeah. And the, the problem is the grunts that they're fighting never would have the like mental awareness to be like, oh, we're screwed. Like uh, they just sent one person to fight 20. Like we are in trouble. Uh, but it's definitely true. Zach, how many people do you think you could take out if uh, if they, if we sent you out against everyone? Oh, zero. <laughs> they, oh. They, you couldn't take work. down the whole Terra team at least? No, uh, of course not. I'm not that yoked. Uh, nor do I have a... I wish I had Ty Lee's powers of paralysis. <laughs> I don't have that. I don't really got magic hands. I got nothing. So All yeah, you have to no, do is I cartwheel away and you've won. Yeah, I can't even cartwheel. I'm too, way too fat to be cartwheeling <laughs> about. Hell no. <laughs> What about yeah. you, Kevin? You think you take it out any members of the team? Oh yeah, I, I I get all of them for for, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> to- totally. <laughs> oh. Oh. Um, Sarah wrote in and uh, she asked, "Have you ever flirted with someone to get past some rules?" We see uh, Iro do this here, where she flirts with the person. Uh, have you ever had any successful flirting stories? Oh, so you asked successful in there and that ruins it. <laughs> uh, have you had any unsuccessful? Have I, I think have it would I be tried? Funny. <laughs> sure. Have I tried? Absolutely. Uh, was I successful? No. 
I'm yeah, not very good. <laughs> that that's fair. Uh, yeah, that's that's probably where I am too. Um, another thing she writes in, she said, "I wish Jet discovering their firebenders led to Jet's redemption arc, where he realizes that not all firebenders are evil and gets a second chance and all." What would you think if we had like some sort of Jet redemption arc? Would that work for you? Yeah, I would really enjoy. I would have really enjoyed a Jet redemption arc because then a couple episodes from now, Jet just gets bodied. He just dies, and I feel like yeah, such yeah, a I left sad- it kind of ambiguous. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, but he just dies in such a sad way, in my opinion. So I would have. That's one thing I've always thought. Every time I rewatch, I'm like, ah, I wish they kind of gave Jet. Or, I know there's a lot going on with Zuko and Iroh and Aang and the Team Avatar, but I kind of wish they gave Jet a little redemption arc rather than just having him pass away. Yeah, I think. I mean, for me, I actually prefer it this way because, like, to me, it is that it's it's the Zuko thing, right? Like, I yeah. think this is how it had to end for Jet because it, it, if you give him the redemption arc, I think you lose the power of Zuko's. So I think like having this end up this way, I think it, it, it's a key showcase to be like this is this could be you know you depending on uh, depending on choices you make. Yeah, I also think like he just seems cool. Like I would like if they like sent him off in the sunset and like we realize later like, oh, he actually turned out good. Like even if it's not in the Avatar show, like I just want it for him. Like he just, <laughs> I just, I want him to be okay, but he's not. <laughs> Choice. He just chose not to. His teammates kept being like, dude, let's not do this. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, it's just so sad. Poor guy. Uh, we had some people in the Discord asking, what uh, or do you recommend the Serpent's Pass should be watched in tandem with the drill? Do you think these episodes pair well together or should you watch them one at a time? Netflix certainly does. Because <laughs> yeah. that's what I was confused when trying to find this episode <laughs> for a moment where I'm like, I know this episode. Where is it? it takes place here. And then I saw that, like, I Googled it and read it just like, look at the Serpent's Pass. And I was like, oh, 47 minutes. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So Netflix you know certainly weird? thinks so. You know, it's weird. Canadian Netflix has them separated. It's only an American Once Netflix again, thing. Canadian Netflix doing things right. Canadian Canadians in general doing things right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it is. So they did like air at the same time as like a special. Uh, so like it does make sense that they're like together, I, I guess. But yeah, last week I was like, okay, what have I done wrong? I know the Serpent's Pass is next. Like I, I know this show. I could not find it. And then I realized that I, was, uh, that I was just missing something. But I think that it, I think it makes sense to watch them together because... I think it leads, it goes right from the drill at the end, right into it. You get this whole action sequence of the drill and it feels like, uh, like a nice event. Um, other question, which do you prefer jets, hook swords or Zuko's dual swords? Mm. I mean, I'm a sucker for swords. So both are awesome. I probably <laughs> just go Zuko's though. Cause I'm also a traditionalist, but, uh, okay. The hook swords are pretty dope. <laughs> I like yeah. the hook swords a little more because I love the scene of like Jet in his eponymously named episode, him like hanging from the tree and like r- alongside Aang and like him fighting. So I'll go with the hook swords. Why not? You could break the tie yeah, I here, think, Jacob. I, I think the hook swords are pretty cool. Like the way that he like uses them to like throw stuff and like swing on vines. Like, oh, like yeah. in the Jet episode, he almost like keeps up with an airbender. Using these yeah, hook swords in the like, tree, he's yeah. pretty agile. Yeah, isn't there uh, a so thing I'd, too where they is it this or maybe a different movie where it's like because like someone hooks them together but then uses uses the one of them to like swing yep. the other one and it's like that's so cool. <laughs> I, I'm I'm fairly sure this is it comes up later. Later, I think when they're fighting, he like swings it around. I, I, mm-hmm. I either I've seen the same movie as you and that's like what's in my head very vividly, or it's this. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's this. Well. We'll see. I think in, it's in like 
two weeks is my guess. Yeah, it's, anyway. it's in a big action scene that happens. Yes. Yep. Uh, Rudy asks, why doesn't the Dai Li fight the drill? Uh, and to that, I say there is no drill in Ba Sing Se. <laughs> that is the answer. <laughs> nice. uh, but like, wh- why why don't they come and fight? Like, they just they can't be bothered. Well, I mean, the Dai Li specifically is one, a secret organization, right? So you can't have them out in public like that. And two, like, I think specifically they exist to serve the protection of the of the emperor, king, earth king, earth king, yeah, king, earth king, king. Earth, earth king. Right. So I think like they serve a very specific purpose. So I think s- dispatching the Dai Li would be weird, especially if the Earth King is like, hey, where's the Dai Li? And the answer has to be like, busy? <laughs> like, because, you know, <laughs> they can't certainly tell him why, what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That, that's, uh, that's fair. Uh, okay. And, and last question from John How different is this episode if Toph already knows metal bending? <laughs> she just takes out the drill herself easily, yeah. honestly. <laughs> That's a very good question, because like, it's a very different episode. Toph just destroys the drill, and then that's it. Yeah. Sometimes I get these questions, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, that is actually so smart. Like, this episode is just totally different. Like, yeah, how does it play out, Kevin? It's just, like, over in five minutes? I think I think it would be over a lot quicker, certainly with the getting the interior messed up. I do like the series in that, like, she doesn't immediately become, like, you know, beast level or, or metal bending because it's mm-hmm. new. She literally invents it. Um, whereas with earth bending, she is practiced and trained and is godlike level. Uh, even as the series goes on and by the end, she's still like, she's clearly incredible at metal bending, but it only goes so far uh, mm-hmm. because it's brand new and she's still like working on pieces. Now, of course, you compare that to like where we end up in, in Korra and that's, that's completely different because like now it's, it's, it's a huge thing. Um, yeah, but yeah, I definitely think it's easier. I don't think it's like done in one library style, right? Not like I just stopped the drill single handedly, but I think <laughs> it makes everything a lot easier uh, if she could. Especially the cutting of the metal. Mm-hmm. It's just like, all right, you're cut and you're cut. Yes. And it's just like, all right, this did not take like Aang and Katara doing like CrossFit for hours to cut it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, also to, to speak to your point about Korra, I think it's so cool in the Avatar universe. Like, so they learn metal bending here. And then, like, in Korra, like, it's, like, a pretty common, uh, like, tool people have. It's, like, it's very cool. Like, that's how knowledge works in real life. Like, people don't know, like, math or science. And once they know it, they can teach it way easier. And, like, watching Korra and, like, knowing about, like, the human colossus of knowledge, I'm just, like, wow. Knowledge is cool. Yeah, especially considering um, what I believe Lynn does... With a piece of metal against a bad guy in Korra, you're just like, oh, damn! Uh, which is like, what a scene. Yes, yes. Uh, yep, that very cool. Uh, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll talk more about it. Your podcast. Yep, you, you can watch Korra yourself, and uh, we'll talk about it later. It is amazing. Um, but anyway, yeah, so there you go. That is the listener feedback. Some great questions in here that really just make me just be like, oh, yeah, that is yeah. totally right. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for writing in. We really do appreciate it. Uh, that that's all we have for you this week. Uh, we can just start wrapping up the show. Kevin, thank you so much for coming on. This was like an absolute blast. Uh, yeah, thank, oh, thank you, you very much, Kevin. Absolutely, thanks, thanks for having me. I mean, I I really really love the show. I would love to come back. There's certainly episodes I would love to talk about. Um, and this was a blast to be able to come back for this, especially since the last time I was on here, it was for a different type of experience. <laughs> it was the the Avatar live action movie uh, by Emily yeah. Shyamalan. Um, yeah. but yeah, this, had, this was so much fun. 
we had to make it up to you by coming on something that's, you know, somewhat decent in the Avatar universe and not coming on for what is the garbage of that movie. That yeah. movie was that's the, that made that's the worst movie I've ever seen. It's I really, really I don't think there's a movie I've seen that was worse than that. Because then there's there's movies that are like bad, but you can like ironically like them, and then there's no irony iron ironic love to be had for that movie. It's just awful. Yeah. yeah, especially because there's so much genuine love for the source material. Uh, whatever. Oh, it's yeah, gen- gen- genuine love. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, it, it's it's all right. I'm not upset about it. It's fine. Um, yeah. But yeah, again, thank you so much, Kevin. Kevin, where can people check out everything that you're doing? Oh, man. Um, so you can follow me on Twitter at Kev Mahadeo. You can check out my website, themahadman.com. Uh, and you can absolutely find me all over the Post Show Recaps Network, um, mainly on the main feed. I can be found doing Everything is Super with Josh Wiggler, in which we are recapping currently the Chris Reeve Superman films. We were doing all four Chris Reeve films as we take a uh, the gap between falcon and the winter soldier and the upcoming loki we are hitting superman 3 is out superman 4 should be hitting your airwaves soon and then we're diving into the world of loki which we're really excited about uh beyond that you can also find me on the mighty ducks game changers podcast that i host with melissa woodward where we're recapping the mighty Ducks show on disney plus we are heading into the final episode this week uh which we're really excited about and that's for the patrons of Post Show Recaps. You can check that out there. Um, and then some more fun stuff to come after that. And, of course, uh, all the crazy, crazy D&D stuff going on. We just did an episode of the Community D&D game. You can find as part of the Community Podcast. Uh, and, of course, the regular D&D that happens all over the Discord. Uh, so quite a few things happening. Quite a few things still coming. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, that's just some of the places you can find me. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm super excited for Loki, uh, but the Superman stuff has been a, a fun stop. Have you ever heard of the musical? It's a bird, it's a planet, Superman. Oh yes, oh yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I I was in it when they did it in what? Dallas. Uh, it it was uh, uh, one of the children. Um, I was just like one of the like newsboys when he goes to the orphanage. I was like yeah. standing there. It was that was Man. wild. It was so fun. Uh, what an experience that must have been. <laughs> yeah, crazy. But yeah, uh, Superman's super fun. So I'm, I'm glad you know you stopped stopped in the world of Superman for a bit. But lots of fun stuff going on there. And then Zach, where can people find you? People can find me on Twitter at Zach Muhammad thirty two. Yeah, I'm just tweeting mostly about the NBA playoffs. That's the majority of my Twitter. Yeah, the, the NBA playoffs are actually pretty exciting. I'm not a yeah, huge yeah. basketball fan, but it's fun stuff happening. And it's fun to like be able to see your Twitter and be like, oh, yeah, I know what he's talking about. Go basketball. <laughs> yeah. uh, I would not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Uh, people can find me on Twitter at JK Redman. Uh, I'm also t- uh, podcasting about Scooby-Doo on the Brazilian Dragon podcast with Felipe Shimon. So check that out. We have lots of fun talking Scooby-Doo movies over there. Uh, and yeah, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for uh, supporting Team Avatar podcasting or... Boomerang podcasting? No, it doesn't work. <laughs> Which you can support further if you go to postrorecaps.com slash ATLA and leave us those five-star reviews. We love... We're close to 50, so let's get, a, let's get to 50 five-star reviews. Let's do it. Perfect. Yep. Thank you so much. Until next week, see ya. Peace out. Bye. Bye.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.